Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Townsquare Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. This is a weekly public affairs program designed to keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Now here's Vin Ebenu with this week's Jersey Shore Journal. And a good evening to you. I hope that you've all had a great week. I thank you for joining me to discuss the Jersey Shore here tonight. My guest on the show tonight is Mike Huber, a certified mental performance coach based in Monmouth County and Fairhaven specifically, but one who helps out a lot of young high school athletes in the area with mental health and more. Then Dana Alexander has a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Mike Huber is a certified mental performance coach in Monmouth County who works with a lot of high school athletes in the Monmouth and Ocean County area and some college athletes as well. I've had him on short time of Vin and Dave. I've had him on for different interviews for news stories over the years. He's very insightful, very good at what he does. Uh, also hosts the Freshman Foundation podcast as well. I had him on a recent show, uh, Shore Sports Talk, which is on every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on 94.3 The Point. And we were talking about a lot of the struggles that young high school athletes are facing these days, perhaps maybe more than what we faced when we were in high school, when I was in high school, when you were in high school. The challenges of social media, of expectations, of travel ball, playing year-round. Mike Huber's got a way, a secret sauce, if you will, of how to work through some of these challenges, how to address mental health, and how all these young athletes can be at their best physically and mentally. High school sports always, you know, I know growing up in the area, I know you from living here and and covering it as well, just high school sports always big, you know, in Ocean and Monmouth counties. It's always something that so many people are paying attention to and being a part of either from from playing it and wanting to see what's going on or coaching it or the parents of young athletes uh, you know the boys and girls here competing in high school athletics across the jersey shore it's it's discussions and sometimes it's you know competition you want to do better than the other team you know you want to you know show show up a little bit and you know post up you know put up the numbers and stuff like that because it's it's sometimes about bragging rights (laughs) (laughs) it seems so around here for sure so um want to discuss a, a few related topics to today um you know as we're rolling through this but figure we're the middle of January here you know heavy into the winter sports season everybody's kind of gotten the the rush shaken out from whatever winter sport they're playing you know or competing in basketball wrestling hockey um and and so on and, and so forth but it's it's also I guess a part of the year the school year as well where maybe some young athletes are kind of in their second sport maybe they partook in a, in a fall sport football soccer um, you know volleyball and, and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. to, to start with the seniors if they are indeed that kind of multi sport athlete um, which I feel is something that may start be, be starting to make a comeback where athletes are competing in more than just one sport and as opposed to one sport year-round with, with all these teams. Uh, how do they kind of navigate through 
you know, the rest of their senior season, you know, whether whatever sport they're in right now in the winter season, and then if they're doing anything in the spring, just to, you know, do the best they can, try and prepare mentally, emotionally, and, um, you know, as best they can physically. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, I mean, those seniors have a lot on their plate, right? You know, maybe some of them are planning to go on to play and participate in college uh, in one of those sports, right? Not not all of them necessarily, but they're also dealing with, hey, this is the last semester of my high school year, uh, obviously trying to get the most out of that socially, um, thinking about college, maybe they've made a choice, maybe they've haven't. So there's there's a lot, a lot going on. I mean, I think ultimately, for those athletes, particularly the ones, the multi-sport athletes, like you talked about, I think it's more about the enjoyment of it, you know, more than anything, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I would look at it. You know, I guess it depends on your sport, right? So if you're a basketball player going on to play basketball in college, your focus might be a little bit different than, you know, you're a football player going to play football in college, but you play basketball for a good time. Right. So I think it depends on the motivation. Um, but I think ultimately it's about trying to get the most out of that senior year, um, and maybe there's still some athletes out there who, who don't have commitments or offers and they want that. I mean, that's a different ball of wax, right? There's more pressure on those athletes to feel like, Hey, I need to get something done here in this last part of the senior year to maybe pick up a, a scholarship offer or just an offer to walk on somewhere. You know, one of the things I guess about basketball that just kind of watch at different levels, I feel like the NBA, there's a lot of, you know, egos and a lot of just kind of let me, you know, post up and shoot 40, 50-foot shots from half court and just kind of, you know, make mm-hmm. it rain a little bit. I, feel, I find, which I th- find encouraging in, in a way as well, that the high school sports and college athletics are kind of more team-oriented. What can I do to help the team win? Because it, it seems like at a lot of a lot of the kids, a lot of the young athletes are, you know, want to win a, a championship. Um, sure, division round, regional, state championship, and everything as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important, especially I at the, the high school level, when you're trying to show coaches at whatever level, you know, you want to, if you're wanting to play basketball at the college level, um, at whatever school, it's a D1 school or, or another school or, you know, whatever it is, you want to show, mm-hmm. I imagine that you're well-versed. So how do you, would you advise some of these young athletes, these boys and girls playing, let's say, basketball right now to do what they can, do the best that they can personally to show their different skill sets, but also maybe show that they're a team player and try to balance all that mentally as well to be a well-balanced athlete? That's a great question. And it's something that comes up quite a bit because I think, you know, if, if you take basketball as an example, but I think it applies across the board, I think there's a, probably a bit of a misconception from athletes, a misunderstanding that they have to be a quote unquote star in order to move on to play at the next level. And, and the reality is, is that every coach at a college level only has, you know, say take basketball, you've got 15 slots, right? You don't need 15, 30 point scorers. You need a guy who scores 30. You need a guy who distributes the ball. You need a guy who plays hard defense. You need a guy who plays hard in practice, right? Like you're not going to get 30 or 15 stars, excuse me. Right. So do what you do well. Right. And, and you never, the other thing, you know, I would tell an athlete is you never know who's watching, right? You know, when you get your chance, play hard. When you're on the bench, support your team, right? Like, if you do what you can control and you do it well, you never know who's going to pick up on that, right? And I think a lot of times there's, again, this perception that I have to be on the floor 30 minutes a game and scoring 25 points, otherwise I'm not a good player. And that's absolutely not not the case. It, it, 
it's I think there's just so much value in showing that you're a team player that whatever your skill set is on a basketball court, maybe you're more of the shooter, maybe you're more of, you know, the point guard, you know, dishing out the assist and something like that, or maybe you're just an outstanding defensive player. You've got some part of your game that shines above the rest, but uh, I think just the personality part of it, showing that you could be a good teammate, and then just trying to balance it all, saying you can kind of be in that relaxed sphere where you're a competitive athlete, but you're also rooting on your teammates. You're saying, hey, coach, here's what I am to do. Um, and I imagine that can't be easy, I guess, especially for high school athletes who have so much to, th- to think about, Mike, with, you know, putting out their best performance physically, but also um, emotionally as well and trying to be one of just one of the players. Yeah. So, so I mean, that really touches on um, the work that I do with athletes because I think there is definitely a push and pull there, uh, a bit of a conflict, right? Like the idea that I want to be, I want to play more. I want a bigger role. I want to produce to show people that I'm, a good player that I'm worthy of maybe starting or I'm worthy of going on to play in college. And if I don't get that opportunity because, you know, someone else is playing in front of me or I'm on the bench and I don't agree with it, right. It would be, it's easy a lot of times to get deflated and, and not necessarily be a bad teammate, but just kind of going through the motions. Right. And so when I talk to athletes, it's about, Hey, you can only control so much, right? Your coach has a job. He has to do its best for, the team and he's got to serve 15 players or 12 players or whatever the number is. And you're just one of them. Right. And and just because you're not playing doesn't mean you're not good or it doesn't mean you don't deserve to play. It just means there's only one basketball in five spots. Right. <laughs> so, so as a player, you have to take responsibility for your actions, right. And how you carry yourself and be able to separate that. I feel bad or I'm, I'm pissed off or whatever my feeling is and say, Hey, I need to show up and be a good teammate because that's, that's my role right now. And then when you get your chance, right, when the coach calls your number and you go to the scores table and you check in, like you got to play hard, right? You, 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 if you don't make the most of that opportunity, you know, you're going to really, it's not, you're not going to, you know, get to where you want to go. And so you can't let those thoughts and emotions that maybe are challenging you because you're not playing as much as you want to affect you because when you get your chance, you got to take advantage. And I, I imagine that's just such a challenge when you're trying to prove yourself as as a young athlete in high school or even in, at the college level as well. You're like, how do I put it all together? How do I show, um, you know, t- teammate part aside, that's certainly intrinsically valuable. Uh, but in trying to prove that you can go out on the floor, you're trying to think about and process too much. And I imagine, Mike, um, that that could be a distraction for a lot of young athletes as well. Like, I want to show the coach that I deserve more minutes or, you know, I'm, I'm playing in a zone right now. I'm, I'm feeling really good. And, you know, I just kind of want to be out there all the time and, uh, you know, kind of forgetting about the part where, you know, maybe you need to take a minute or two off the floor or off the ice or off the, the wrestling mat or, you know, whatever during practice, you know, as it's, sure. as it's appropriate, um, to kind of give yourself a blow, take a deep breath yeah. and then get, get back out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? There's there's a reason why things are done the way they're done, right? You can't always be on the mat or the floor or the ice, like you said. Like there are there are choices that are made by your coaches that a lot of times are are for your benefit. And I think you know not understanding why those choices are made is really hard for athletes sometimes. And I, I think that kind of speaks to the communication between both sides, right? You know, the coach to the player and the player to the coach. 
And that's something that, you know, comes up quite a bit in my work. And, you know, it's not easy. I mean, communication is hard. I think the other thing we see is, is when kids are not playing or participating as much as they want and they get their chance, they feel this really, really heavy pressure, almost a perfectionism to deliver, right? Well, now I got my chance. I have to make this shot or I have to, you know, go out and, and pin this guy or I have to go out and score a goal. And if I don't, it's a failure when that's not necessarily the case. And, and even if it were the case, you can't control it. So why worry about it? The worrying, right? The, the word you use is the distraction. It's a great word. Cause I talk about it all the time when I'm in my head as an athlete, if I'm in my head thinking about what I need to do or what needs to happen, or I want to generate a certain outcome that's out of my control, that's a distraction. It takes my focus away from where it needs to be, which is on the puck or on the ball or on my opponent. Right. And so that's, that's, a lot, of, a lot of what I do as, as, a, as a coach is finding, helping athletes find ways to minimize those distractions so they can focus in the moment to really do what they need to do when their time is, you know, time comes. We're talking with uh, Mike Huber this morning, certified mental performance uh, coach and consultant based out of Fairhaven in Monmouth County, also host of the Freshman Foundation podcast talking about high school sports and individualized. I mean, Mike, one of the other things I thought of as well as we were, you were just uh, talking there was I feel like there's those scenarios sometimes in, in high school sports, college sports, whatever, where you do have a really good performance, uh, whatever sport it ends up being, basketball, hockey, wrestling, track and field, uh, so on and, and so forth, where you're like, okay, I did really well, um, and yet I'm still finding myself in a situation where I'm not getting the playing time I'm looking for, or I'm still, you know, despite my best efforts and despite how good I was or how good I finished, it wasn't what I was, what I set my ultimate goal at. You know, I guess mm-hmm. some athletes will put kind of that uh, top tier pressure on themselves, kind of setting the bar pretty high to obtain, and then I guess they fall short of their own expectations despite how valuable um, and good their performance was. Yeah. So, so I think there's, there's a lot in there, uh, then, and I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, there's, you know, athletes are, are really good at setting goals. Right. And typically those goals are based on outcomes, right. Results. Like I want to achieve some result, um, relative to other people, right. Whether it's on my team, in my conference, all state, whatever. Right. And, and those goals are not really in your control, right? Like you could play really, really well to almost to your example, I could play really, really well and not get recognized or not get more playing time. Right. It doesn't, it's not my fault because I'm not making those choices. Right. So when we set, when I set goals with an athlete, yeah, there should be an outcome, right? I want to be all state, but then you've got to think about, okay, what do I need to do that I can control to get to that goal, right? To maximize the chances. It's not guaranteed because it's out of my control, but what does that pyramid look like? So at the bottom, it's like, what am I doing every single day, right? Am I doing the things I need to do? Am I lifting? Am I sleeping? Am I working on my skills individually, right? What am I doing? Am I tracking my goals, right? Am I getting better, right? Because sometimes we don't get to where we want to go, but did we get better? right? Because that's in our control, right? Did I become a better player? How do I assess that? So I think it's more than just setting a goal that says like, I want to be a starter because it's not in my control. And then when I don't reach that goal, I get frustrated and that affects my daily performance, which then kind of turns into a cycle, right? So a lot of this is about controllability and and also being realistic about what we're trying to achieve, right? Because sometimes people set goals that are 
hyper, you know, unrealistic. And then when it happens, they get deflated and now they lose their motivation to work, right? Looking at improvements, looking at small goals and saying, Hey, like, listen, I got better today than I was yesterday. That's a win, right? That's going to keep me going. But, um, I think for young people, that's really hard to do. You know, they're more outcome oriented and they're, they're also concerned what people think about them. Is there such a thing, um, Mike is, okay, you're playing really well, you're performing well, the team's performing well, as worrying about sustaining that level of success individual-wise, um, you know, especially where you're playing well, you know you know the team's doing well, you're doing your part, and then you're worried that you may fall into some sort of slump or, or a funk where you're going to kind of lose your magic uh, a little bit while performing out there. Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, of course, like, you know, if you're a, if you're a team, right, you know, and you're a competitive team and you want to win, you know, a championship or whatever it is like, yeah, of course, like you, you could certainly look ahead, right. Whether it's an anxiety about tripping up or about looking too far ahead and saying like, we've already got to put ourselves in the state championship, but we've got to, you know, we've got to win our sectional first, or we got to win, you know, our conference. And I think that that's, in essence, like a, such a such a big concept in sports psychology is that idea of staying in the moment, right? You got this potential to get anxious about the future because you're looking forward to something that's not here yet, or you're dwelling on something that happened in the past, whether it's we played really well in the past and then sort of resting on our laurels because we've really played well and so we're kind of taking it easy, or hey, we played poorly and now I'm really down on myself, right? Like you can't get it back and you're not there yet going into the future. You got to stay present in the moment. What's my job today? Show up at practice, practice hard for two hours. Like if I do that, then I've, then I've taken care of my job. But I think, listen, there's a tendency to look ahead. And and because we, we set these goals for ourselves and because certain programs in this area, you know, there's plenty of schools in this area that have a reputation of, you know, our programs perennially are, you know, you know short conference uh, you know, contenders and mm. we're, we want to be state champions and there's a lot of eyeballs. I think the other thing we, you know, we, we, we probably don't talk enough about is the impact of say social media and how great it can be in terms of lauding and recognizing young athletes and giving them opportunities. But there's also a downside to that, which is to say, like, I'm seeing all this other stuff happening around me and it's usually the great stuff. And I'm not on social media or our team is not as good as this team. And I think that that is something that needs, frankly, to be managed, you know, to, to kind of keep things in perspective. Um, you know, and I see a lot of it. I follow, follow a lot of it around here, you know, and it's all good. Like, right? you know, we're, we're propping up kids and, and programs. I think that's cool. But the ones who are not getting propped up are looking at that saying like, hey, I want to be that guy. Right. And is that the proper motivation to to be a good athlete? Is that why you want to? you know, play well. And, and I think that's something we have to be mindful of as coaches and parents, uh, and athletes. Uh, Mike, one of the other questions, um, I thought of as we were talking along here, uh, was sort of like how to keep mentally focused and mentally sharp in like tournament play. Um, I know for example, when I was in high school, I ran high school track in the winter mm -hmm. and in the spring. Uh, I know there's tournaments and such with, with basketball and so on, where you're kind of like, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One given day, sometimes two, you're kind of waiting for your your race to to come up when whenever your sure. races or your event or your game or whatever else. Um, and sometimes there could be a little bit of time in between where um, you're trying to stay relaxed but stay focused. I mean, how how, how would you advise athletes um, who are you know they know they're in it. You know, getting up early. Let's say on a Saturday, they're gonna they know they're gonna be there all day. They got to travel a little bit, um, and whether it's an individual race like a track or, or, or a team race in track and field or a basketball tournament or something like that, how would you advise them to kind of do their best to keep mentally sharp and mentally focused on what they are going to eventually have to, to do out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the first thing I would say is, is, is have a routine, right? You know, having routines, routines give us comfort. Um, knowing kind of how we're going to handle a day and planning that day out if you have it you know an all-day track meet right like what's it look like i have to get up at this time like you know you know what do i want my day to look like what are the things i'm going to do am i planning my nutrition am i you know um you know just how's that going to lay out and obviously sometimes there are things that we can't control and that can create some anxiety right so having some tools during a day like that where maybe i have you know a breathing you know sort of routine or practice like hey i get a little bit anxious like hey i'm going to work on my breathing for f- two or three minutes just to sort of get refocused or centered maybe it's meditation maybe it's you know hey i'm having some feelings of anxiety like maybe i have a journal in my notebook in my book bag you know and i and that's something i i encourage a lot of athletes to do you know keep a notebook or you know or even just on your phone like hey like just keep a track of like, what's going on here? Like, what am I feeling? Like, how am I going to adjust that? Because a lot of times we can't control. In fact, we can't control the thoughts that kind of come to us, right. Come into our head. You know, we have 50 to 60,000 thoughts independently that randomly sort of come into our brains every day. Right. And we can't control that. Our brain just generates them subconsciously. But once we have a thought, we can control that thought right? We have the choice to, to do something with it. And so for athletes, right, if they're able to sort of manage those thoughts of like, hey, like I'm getting a little anxious or I'm a little nervous for my race, you know, I need to, to just sort of recognize that and, and take, you know, take a five minutes and, and, and just sort of close my eyes and breathe or whatever it is, right? Whatever works for you. But the worst thing that I think any athlete could do is let those thoughts get the best of them for some people, you know, so, you know, a lot of something I talk a lot about with athletes and I do have, uh, do I, I have had track athletes in the past who I work with, you know, and this applies across the board is, you know, there's a concept in sports psychology where our thoughts become our feelings and our feelings become our behaviors, our performance. Right. Mm. But, but, and a lot of times I think we think we have to think our way out of it to perform better, which is true in some cases, but sometimes we have to, do our way out of the bad thoughts. Right. So like, maybe I need to go out and maybe I need to just move around a little bit. Right. Like maybe I just need to burn off some of the energy and and run, or, uh, maybe I need to stretch whatever it is. Right. Like we have to be you know, recognize that loop and say like, Hey, my thoughts are starting to go in the wrong direction. How am I going to settle myself? Is it something I'm going to say to myself? Is it something I'm going to do? But, but having a plan for that, because if you, it's like anything in life, forget about sports, right? If something comes up and we don't have a plan with how to deal with it, it makes us nervous, right? So plan ahead, right? Think about what you want to do. And I think a lot of times now we live in a world where when I was an athlete, this wasn't a thing, but like, think about an all day tournament. 
kids are on their phones. Mm. You're sitting scrolling on it, social media, you're texting, you're on whatever, you know, Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, right? Right. Like, and that's fine. Like, I don't, it's a distraction and it could be valuable to a certain point, but at the same time, it's not really on point with your goal or your focus for the day, which is to perform. Right. So, so you just have to be mindful, you know, like, am I just trying to distract myself and not pay attention because it makes me feel better? But then I, I race like crap and I wonder why. Right. So it's, it's very much about being aware of what's going on and how are you going to plan for that going forward? And, and to touch on that, that point as well, um, you know, whether it's the day before, kind of night before, you know, you have a big game tomorrow or a big race, a big track meet, uh, big competition, whatever it is uh, for some of these high school athletes. And you're, you're thinking about it, um, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a race or, or a game that could determine uh, clinching a playoff spot or division race or state title, you know, as it goes up, or maybe it's just something early in the season or mid season where it's just part of the routine. No matter what point of the season it is, you kind of get a little performance anxiety, uh, whether it's the day before or in the moments leading to, you're like, you want to perform at your best, but you, you don't want to, you know, you're thinking maybe, oh, I don't want to trip. Or I don't want to, you know, <laughs> fumble the ball or drop the ball or end up throwing it, throwing it away or, you know, causing a foul, something like that. Any, any kind of negative thoughts that kind of get uh, wrapped up in your mind. But as, as athletes are preparing between games or, you know, going from practice to game, you know, they're trying to go to bed the night before a, a big competition or a race or, or a game. How would you advise um, any young athlete to maybe slow down their thoughts in a way? Is it better to try and distract themselves from the upcoming competition for any bit of time so that they, once they, you know, arrive at the location that they're a little bit more relaxed and zoned in? Yeah, I, I think, I think the answer would be it just, I mean, not to be too vague and I'll drill down into it, but I think it, it, it it's different for everybody, right? Some people do better with sort of actively going toward, you know, whatever the concern is or the anxiety or the stress and they, they want to do something about it or they want to address it. Some people want to distract themselves. Right. So what I would say is whatever works for you, right. Is what you should do because ultimately, right. If you're a high school athlete, you're a varsity athlete, maybe you're whatever, like, you know how to play your game, right? Like you've been playing your sport probably for 10, 12 years at that point. You're, you're what I would call an expert. Right. Like, you know how to do these things automatically without issue. So the brain gets in the way a lot of the time. Right. The brain gets in the way. That's what creates the body not being able to do what it wants to do because the mind gets in the way of it. Right. So however you can get your mind out of the way, I think, is the way you should do it. Right. So one way that, that I might do it with an athlete is imagery or visualization. Right. Seeing like seeing what you want the outcome to be or seeing how you want to react in a situation. So, you know, you, you can put yourself into the situation. Um, some people it is distraction, right? Some people it is just trying to relax. It, it, it all depends on the person. I mean, listen, and, and I think the thing that's really important to say, and I haven't said this is that just because you're nervous doesn't mean it's bad. Mm. Nerves can be a good thing, right? Nerves mean that you are excited Nerves, that mean you're preparing to do something that's important, right? So how do you interpret that, right? Like, I'm nervous. It's not bad. bad. Nervous because this is exciting. And like, what can, I, what can I do to make sure that those, to interpret that so that those nerves are valuable and not 
um, they're not debilitative, right? And a lot of times we just interpret anxiety or nerves as being negative. And, and that's not absolutely not the case. We're talking with Michael Huber this morning, certified mental performance coach uh, based out of Fairhaven, Monmouth County, about uh, topics this morning. And uh, Mike, when it, co- when it comes to, uh, to burnout, I mean, that's something that any, any athlete with the high school level, college level, pro athletes kind of face from time to time. Uh, if, if there is an athlete out there kind of going through it right now and for any number of combination of reasons, they're kind of kind of feel burnt out. Um, how would you advise any of the high school athletes or college athletes or really just anybody uh, that you work with or, or not uh, on how to kind of get your way through a, a situation where you just feel burnout? Yeah, I mean, burnout's a tough one because, I mean, burnout is, isn't typically something that happens, like, overnight, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of a long typically a long process of sort of a roller coaster of like, why am I doing this? Oh, it's okay. Why am I doing this? And you get to a point probably where you just can't get your way out of it or you can't like motivationally get to a place where you're ready. I mean, listen, we live in a world now where thankfully there's a lot of awareness around mental health. And I think that if an athlete is feeling burnout to the point it's affecting not only their participation in sport, but other areas of their life, which I would imagine a lot of times when you get to that point, it does. There's nothing wrong with stepping away. Now, I think the thing that is hard to solve for is that athletes by nature don't want to quit, right? Sure. um, The athletes by nature don't want to quit, right? So they want to keep going. They don't want to be perceived as being weak or they don't want to be perceived as letting the team down, right? So they keep forging on while they're sort of, running into a running into a brick wall right and so i think it's with burnout it's a recognizing that you're not able to continue on and b being able to communicate that hey like let's not um it's not sustainable right now i need to step away i think that's really something hard for 17 or 16 or 18 year old kids to do because of all the time energy uh, that they put into sports the money all that stuff that the parents put in right to step away and just take a step back from it um, is really challenging. And I think that's where the adults come in, right? The coaches and the parents recognizing the signs and symptoms of that. Like what's going on here? Asking the questions, Hey, how are you doing? You know, you know, what's happening here? Like, how can I help you? Right. And I think that's something we as adults, whether it's coach or parents can do better, ask more questions, try to understand the athlete. If we're seeing signs and symptoms of, of burnout, I think we have to give them encouragement that it's okay to step forward and talk about it and maybe step away because it's bigger than just sports. You know, we don't want these kids to move into something that's a more um, pronounced mental health issue. I guess whether it's related to burnout or, or something else altogether, if somebody's going through a slump, um, so to speak, they're, they're not playing as well as they had been, um, not performing, you know, on the athletic field or ice or uh, track, you know, as well as they could be. And, it leads to frustration or anxiety or disappointment. Um, how can a young athlete kind of navigate through those sometimes choppy waters to get themselves back on track, realizing that, hey, everybody goes through, you know, a little funk every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this answer is, is pretty straightforward. Ask yourself why you're doing it, right? Why am I putting myself through all this work, sacrifice, why am I showing up every day? Why am I giving up time with my friends? Why am I whatever? Like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the purpose? And, and if, it, if 
if it's not worth it, right, like then don't do it. But if it is worth it, if you really like look in, look in the mirror and say like, why am I doing this? Because I love what I'm doing, you know, or, or I'm trying to get somewhere and it's worth me sticking it out. Then that makes, that is the basis for any motivation, right? Because, you know, and maybe in high school, it's a little bit different in college. Certainly, you know, you don't have to necessarily like, you know, like you have a life in college, like you're a grown up, like you're, you're spending 20, 30, 40 hours a week on your sport. And if you're not having fun and enjoying it and it's taking away from other aspects of your life, like what's the point? Right. And so I always tell athletes, think about why you're doing it. And when they get refocused on why they're doing it, that tends to improve their motivation and it, it gives them sort of the foundation to keep going forward. Mike, we've, we've certainly hit on a, a few different topics this morning, but I mean, is there anything overall, what do you think are the biggest challenges that today's high school athletes out there are facing? Maybe uh, different from, you know, when I was in high school, you know, before I, gra- I graduated in 2010 or when you were in high school um, or so on. I guess things have just kind of grown and expanded, whether it's social media or mm-hmm. or otherwise travel ball, whatever it is. I mean, I feel like there are some obstacles I won't say that are more challenging, that are just, you know, for any number of reasons, just a little bit different. But what do you think are the biggest challenges that today's high school athletes are facing? Uh, that's a great question. I think you touched on a couple of them in, in the question as you were, you know, sharing it. I, I do think it, it, one is uh, overuse, right, in terms of just all, all year round participation, um, physical overuse. I think we see more injuries. Uh, with young people than we probably did when I was in high school. And maybe it's because of specialization. Maybe it's just sort of all year round, you know, nonstop stuff. That's something to think about. I think in the same vein, right, we've got mental overuse. So to go back to your first question, which is burnout, right? You know, you might burn out because kids are working hard in high school. It's not the same as it was when I was in school 30 years ago. I mean, these kids put a lot of time and effort. It's like a job for a lot of them, even in 16, 17 years old, you know, that mental overuse, that mental stress is there. I do think social media is certainly an issue. Um, again, it's different, right? There's always there's always pros and cons, right? Two sides to a coin, right? But I think it's to be mindful. I think the big one for me with social media is college commitments mm. and who's going where. And, you know, Johnny's going here and Mary's going there and I'm not going anywhere And, you know, sure, we can use that for motivation, but I think a lot of times it makes us feel bad about ourselves, you know, in private, you know, we don't know that on social media, but I think a lot of people, so you're just being aware of that, right? Like to me, those are the biggest challenges because it's, it's a different world and it's much more professionalized than it was, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. I think it's just a matter of taking care to do the things you need to do, um, to not get overwhelmed by it. And Mike, to close up here, you know, what are some ways that that these young athletes, high school athletes, uh, are going into college? Maybe they're kind of freshmen, sophomores in college, and, and so forth. They're kind of going through it. Um, some ways just to have go out there and have fun. You know, just to do whatever they need to do to keep their uh, mental health sharp and emotions in check and everything. To go out there and not have to, you know, worry about this or that, but just to go out and uh, you know pretend you're like a little kid all over again and go out and have fun. Um, I guess I'd go back to what I said before is, you know, think about, think about why you're doing it, right? Like, why are you really doing it? Are you doing it for a result, for a scholarship, for a championship? Are you doing it because you love to be with your friends, right? Like when you, when I watch my kids play, 
And when I watch other kids play, it's really, I think at the end of the day, and, and if you think about it, right, I think about it 30 years later, some of my best friends are kids that I played sports with in high school. We don't really talk about, you know, Oh, you know, the Al Bundy, I scored four touchdowns. We talk about like <laughs> the bus trip. We talk about the, the night after a game. We talk about all these like things that we took for granted when we were playing. Right. And so enjoy it. Right. Enjoy your friends. Think about like that part of it, because at the end of the day, like 98, 99% of athletes retire. Right. They don't yeah. go on to be pros. Most of them don't even go on to be college players. So, you know, if you if you put that into perspective and know that the odds are that you're not going to do it. Well, then that frankly, I think that should take the pressure off if you can sort of wrap your arms around that. But I think focus on the relationships. And I think that that is where the the, the, the gold is in, in sports. And if you do, I think it, it might make things a little bit easier. There you go. Mike, appreciate your insight as always. And uh, thanks for joining me on this new show. Definitely uh, look forward <laughs> to having you on again at some point in the future. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. That is Michael Huber, certified mental performance coach and consultant host as well of the Freshman Foundation podcast. You can go to michaelvhuber.com. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Now it's time for Dana Alexander to take the wheel and give you a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Good evening, Dan. Vin, coming up Saturday, the Wally Day Parade and Party honors World War II veteran Wally Jameson on his 100th birthday with a parade that starts at Bennett's Mill Road at 1130 and ends at the VFW Hall on Magnolia Drive with a birthday party. Also on Saturday, Knights of Columbus Council 6392 holds their comedy night and gift basket raffle at the St. Leo the Great Arts and Athletic Center in Lincroft starting at 7. Sunday, Bayshore EMS hosts their second annual hands-only CPR fundraiser at their office at 28 Little Street in Matawan from 10 until 4. And coming up Saturday the 23rd, it is the Polar Bear Plunge. Special Olympics New Jersey hosts their annual event at Spicy's on the boardwalk in Seaside Heights and the chance to get freezing for a reason by jumping into the frigid Atlantic Ocean at 1 o'clock. To get your nonprofit club or organization's event listed on the community calendar, click the submit link at the top of the community calendar page on this station's website. For Jersey Shore Journal, I'm Dan Alexander. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Well, it's time for me to say goodbye and goodnight, but we do have a full look at what's going on in Jersey Shore news on our free Town Square Media family of apps here in Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Just go to the app or go to the website. Go to News, Jersey Shore News. You can click on my name as well. I've got you covered with the news, and we'll talk again during the week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. This has been Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue, a public affairs presentation of Town Square Media. Join us again next week as we keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. If you have a story you'd like us to cover on Jersey Shore Journal, please email the host, vin.evenue at townsquaremedia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.